The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. I say it frequently because I wholeheartedly believe it to my core. I have the greatest job in the world. I get to help people look better, feel better, and live longer. And one of the ways in which I do that is I get to talk to people like my next guest, Dean Carnassis. Almost almost wanted to drop an F-bomb there. <laughs> Dean Carnassis. He's amazing. Some of you know exactly who he is. Some of you do not. I will give you his bio shortly. It is insane. It is amazing. And he started, you know, as a real person, like all of us. He's just an ordinary person who has done extraordinary things. And that's going to sound insane when I read you his list of accomplishments. But he is one of the nicest, most humble, and and amazing people when it comes to athletic achievements that I have had the good fortune to speak with. And I did interview him many years ago. I had a radio show, hour-long live show. And back when he was, uh, I think, his first book, he's got four of his own and two chicken soup of the soul. He's a... contributed to those as well, but I spoke with him. And I have followed him over the years. As I've talked about before, I study and get inspired by the people who have accomplished amazing things. And I tend to follow what they did and to, you know, learn from their uh, mistakes, failures, if you want to call them that, which we don't call failures, though. It's all learning experience. But Dean Carnassi's let me just, <laughs> I'm going to give you the, the full bio because I can't leave things out. All right, so here we go. Dean Carnassis. Time Magazine named him one of the top 100 most influential people in the world. Men's Fitness hailed him as one of the fittest men on the planet. And Stan Lee of Marvel Comics, he called him a real superhuman. I would say superhero, right? An acclaimed endurance athlete and New York Times bestselling author, Dean Carnassis has pushed his body and his mind to inconceivable 
limits. Among his many accomplishments, he has run 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days. Okay, that's how some of you may have heard of him. You may not have connected the name to the accomplishment. Dean ran 50 marathons in 50 different states in 50 days. Just the logistics of that alone are nightmarish, but he did it, and he did it ridiculously well, okay? He's also run 350 continuous miles for going sleep for three nights. He's run across the Sahara Desert in 120-degree temperatures, and he's run a marathon to the South Pole in negative 40 degrees. This one I love. There's a 200-mile relay race that teams of 12 do, so they trade off. One guy runs, the next guy runs, the next person runs, the next woman runs. Whatever your team is, 12 people. Dean, he does it by himself, and he's done it by himself 10 separate times. Okay, his long list of competitive achievements include winning the world's toughest foot race, the Badwater Ultra Marathon. That is where people, you run 135 miles nonstop across Death Valley in the middle of summer. You think that three-mile run around your neighborhood in July is bad? Try 135 miles across Death Valley in the middle of summer. He has raced and competed on all seven continents of the planet twice over. Okay, Dean is also an ESPN SB winner, a three-time recipient of Competitor Magazine's Endurance Athlete of the Year Award, and he serves as a U.S. ambassador, uh, U.S. athlete ambassador. He's twice carried the Olympic torch in 2019, and he received the President's Council on Sports, Fitness and Nutrition Lifetime Achievement Awards. Now, Dean has been, you've seen him most likely on all the top shows from the Today Show, 60 Minutes, Late Show with Dave Lederman back in the day, Howard Stern, all of them. He's in all the magazines, uh, the newspapers. They have chronicled his incredible achievements. Um, but this I love. It's his unique ability to enthuse athletes of all abilities and backgrounds that truly set Dean apart. Despite his many accomplishments, awards, and distinctions, he remains most proud of his ongoing contributions of time and funding to programs aimed at getting children and youth outdoors and active. He has raised millions of dollars for charity and was awarded the prestigious Community Leadership Award by the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports. Okay? It's just amazing. It goes on and on and on. Um, and Dean is believable because his achievements and accomplishments are real. Uh, I say this, and I will probably bring it up when I speak with him in just a moment. Um, I've met a lot of ultra guys and listen, there's a reason people seek out those races and run hundred miles or more. And a lot of times, <laughs> let's just say they are more internal. Dean is a guy you would want to sit down at a bar and have a beer with. And he's just, he's super approachable. He's super likable. Uh, he's accomplished a ridiculous amount yet. He's a nice guy. <laughs> I think that's where I'm going. He's a really, really nice guy who's done incredible things. And if you need to be inspired, if you're at a point in your life where you say, you know, I just don't feel good mentally. I don't feel good physically. I need to be inspired. This is the show for you. And I'm going to give you his books and, and how to connect to him at the end of the show. And that's another way you got to pick up and start with his first book, actually. Just amazing. So wait till you hear his story. So for those of you who know who he is, get excited. Uh, we're going to catch up with him. And for those of you who have no idea who Dean Carnassi's is, be prepared to be blown away. We will be right back with Dean Carnassi's. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. 
You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. And we are back. I say it almost every show, but I truly have the greatest job in the world, although Dean Carnassi's does as well. Uh, we get to make our passion our vocation and it's not easy uh but it's so super rewarding and i not only get to help people live a better life but i get to talk to people like dean carnassi so dean thank you so much for taking the time to uh to speak with me today it's good to be reconnecting with you <laughs> it's been a while and i got i got some funny stories for you i you know i wasn't going to give them away when we spoke earlier but uh yeah it's been a while and and thank you so much so what are we up to now i got four books that you've written and two that uh kind of co-written with chicken soup yeah. Oh, you, uh, you've done your homework. Oh, yes. yes. For, I'm working, uh, working on the fifth. Okay. Uh, the first book, um, ironic, well, not ironic, but I guess luckily the first book is being made into a motion picture. Stop. So yeah. Yeah. Who's playing you? Hopefully it's you. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm under non-disclosure. Like I, 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 you'd have to kill me. Oh, come on. Come on right here. Do it now. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's someone you would recognize. Yeah. That is congratulations. Yeah. That is awesome. Not, not only do I do my homework, Dean, I own all your books. You know, I, it was interesting. I was talking with a fitness person 
recently who, you know, uh, I was just surprised. They, they don't buy the books. They don't keep the books. I have all the books that I talk about. I take notes in them. I want to own them. You know, my office is filled and I'm holding your, your first one in my hand right now. So yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you got to read all yeah. the stuff if you're in this industry, right? Uh, that's so exciting. Yeah. No, I, you're, you're, yeah. So ultra marathon, man, that, that book you'll, you know, soon enough, it'll be up on the screen. So for well, the- I, I can't say yeah, in a theater ahead. near you because <laughs> streaming <laughs> streaming in your in your uh, kitchen near you, yeah. And we'll talk about that, you know, because your sport, and I, I've done a little bit, not even close to what you've done, but it's all about obstacles. It's all about moving forward. We'll talk about that. But for those of you who don't know, it is one of the greatest reads, and it's pretty much how Dean, you know, made his mark to begin with, I would say. And it's called Ultra Marathon Man, Confessions of an All-Night Runner. You start to read it. You can't put it down. You go, this guy is completely nuts, but in a great way, and it's so inspiring and that's what fitness disrupted is about is not only breaking through the myths and giving you the science and the exercise science but it's bringing you people like dean to show you that whatever you think your limitations are you're so wrong <laughs> right dean and, and i just want to start there because i know your story many of my listeners know your story but some don't so what was that turning point when you said you know i'm changing my life <laughs> You've said it a million times, I'm sure. I, I, blame so, it on, I blame it on bad tequila. Yeah. Literally, I blame it on bad tequila. I mean, I was, you know, you know my story, but I was, you know, I used to love to run as a kid and then I stopped running. I thought running was boring. It was a waste of time. Uh, so I went through college, you know, I went to graduate school and then I went to business school and I had this cush corporate job in San Francisco, but I hated my life. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't a business guy. Like I just did not dig it. You know, I was good at it, but I hated it. And on the night of my 30th birthday, I was in a bar with my buddies, you know, doing what you do on your 30th birthday. And at midnight, I said I was leaving. And they're like, oh, where are you going? You know, let's have another round of tequila at your 30th birthday. And I said, no, uh, instead of celebrating, you know, getting drunk, I'm going to celebrate by running 30 miles. <laughs> and they looked at me and they said, but you're not a runner, you're drunk. And I said, I am, and I'm still going to do it. I literally, I walked out of a bar. Uh, I didn't even own running gear, but thankfully I had these like, uh, these silk, you know, jockey underwear on those, <laughs> these briefs. So I peeled off my pants and just started stumbling south. And seven hours, eight hours later, I ended up in Half Moon Bay, 30 miles away. And uh, that changed, of course, my life that night. And if I remember correctly, I read it a while back, but it wasn't the phone call to your wife and, hey, come get me. <laughs> yeah, she's a, you know, she's, I, she's like, my, my wife's not a big partier. And, she, you know, she's like, you've never not come home. Like, you know, she's my high school sweetheart. Right. She's like, the, the entire time I've known you, you've never not come home. Is everything okay? And I said, yeah, everything is just strangely really good, um, but I need a ride. And she's like, well, where are you at? No questions asked. I said, I'm out in front of the 7 Eleven, uh, you know, down the way. And she's like, what do you mean on Geary Street? And I'm like, well, a little further down the way, <laughs> Half Moon Bay. She's like, what? It's 30 miles away. How did you get there? And I said, I ran. She's like, you ran from where? I said, I ran from the bar. <laughs> and she's like, hold tight. You don't sound very stable. I'll be right there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we married the yeah, same right woman, there. you know, my wife too. I've, yeah. I've put her through a bunch of things like that. She, nothing surprised her. But I can always say, you know, Dean ran 30 miles from home and then called, you know, <laughs> and that's pre-Uber, right? Or both of our wives would have said. I was going to say, it would have been, been a lot easier these days, right? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So now, I, this, this yeah. Is, not to date ourselves, but yeah. this is pre-cell phone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, and that that kind of started it for you, right? You said that was the turning point. And, you know, most people don't have that huge epiphany or, or they don't realize they're having it or they're too scared to act upon it. Right. But you weren't, you said, okay, I'm making a change. You know, Tom, what it was, I, I literally saw a picture of myself at 50 years old. As I was running down the street that night, I thought, you know, you're either going to end up 
you know, fat and bald and probably driving an expensive, you know, red sports car <laughs> on, your, on your third or fourth marriage. Right. You know, or you're going to you're going to do something different with your life. And I thought, you know, even if you end up fat and bald and driving an expensive red sports car on your third or fourth marriage, if you try and fail, you'll just be happier than not trying at all. And I thought it'd be better to fail and not pull it off than not to try. And I went for it. You know, I can so relate, uh, you know, similar but different. I was a trainer back in the, you know, for decades, and I used to train those guys. So when I was doing my research and reading your story and remembering back to the book, so I used to train those guys who didn't make that decision, who were making, you know, millions on Wall Street. I trained billionaires, the whole nine yards, and so many of them were so unhappy. Dean, to the point that one guy literally said to me, it's right at the end of when I was finishing up my personal training career, he stopped and he looked at me, he goes, you know, Tom, I hate you. And he was kidding, but he wasn't. And I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? He goes, no, guys like me hate you. He said, we have so much more money than you. I was like, that's nice. And he said, but you're so happy. And we see you running down the street at noon and, you know, wearing shorts and cut off, you know, no sleep. And, and, but you're happy. And I go, yeah. And Dean, my family are all finance. And at a similar time in my life, I said, you know what? You couldn't pay me $20 million to put on a suit and go work on Wall Street. And sure, these have been, you know, you got to hustle, right? And we'll talk about your hustle, uh, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah, I can't, I couldn't agree more. And um, yeah, I'm I'm working a lot harder than I would be working if I was a business guy. But, you know, to your point, it it doesn't seem like work. Right. You know, I'm, I'm happy. (laughs) What's the great line, Dean? It's, it's, we work 80 hours a week, so we don't have to work 40. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But that's the fun is we love what we're doing. I mean, again, the opportunity to speak to you again today, to have this forum, to put your story out there, it's going to inspire people. And you know, if it inspires them just to get started with an exercise plan, we'll talk about kids because I know you're into that and I'm super into that with fitness, but you know, even though you look back and you say, oh my gosh, it was so worth it. Yeah. No. And I mean, you're, audience is probably a, a lot of fit people that are listening to this. But you know, if you do want that spark and inspiration, maybe try my first book. And the reason I, I'm kind of shamelessly plugging it is that, you know, so many people said I read a lot of training books and, you know, I knew what I had to do, but nothing like lit that internal flame within me to go out there and do it. And for some reason, my, my book, it's approachable. Like it's just, I'm just an average guy. Like I'm not a super uber fit guy. I'm just an average guy. And I went and did these things. And I think it gives other people permission to try. Like they read about the stories of this average guy and they're like, I'm kind of average too. I'm going I'm to try this. <laughs> and, and they do it, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's a great, I mean, that's a good, I think everyone wins in that scenario. Yeah. And it's, you know, I laugh about, you know, they'll say you're not a normal person. Yes, you are. <laughs> you're, you're a normal person who's done extraordinary things, but everyone is capable of that, right? So to suddenly put you in this category and go, of course, you've done and we'll talk about it. And I, and I gave, you know, your resume at the beginning. It's insane. But there, you didn't come out of the womb running ultramarathons, right? What was the point, actually? I've never asked you this. What was the point where you said, you know, I'm good at this? There's had to be a moment like a race or a moment where you go, you know, at first it's to finish, right? And then it's suddenly you go, hmm, maybe I'm, I'm actually can be competitive. <laughs> that's a funny question. I've never got that question before in all, you know, in as many interviews as I've done. And um, I, 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 no, I, I guess I don't think I'm good at it. Maybe that's, you know, can you ever be good at running a marathon? I mean, you can always be better, I guess. So even though I've ended up on the podium, you know, and I've won races, I guess I'm always thinking, geez, I've never really had a, you know, when you're running for, <laughs> for 100 miles, you know, over 24 hours, 
you can always get better, right? I mean, it's, it's not like a, a hundred yard, a hundred meter sprint where, you know, you're shaping microseconds. You always can reflect back and say, well, I think I can do better. And maybe that, maybe I'm just chasing a, a windmill, you know, it's just like, I don't think I'm that good at it. I think I've got a lot of room to improve. And, and maybe that's what's keeping me going. It's just that kind of child's, that child's mind about it that, you know, I want to learn. I still want to grow and I still want to get better. And you know what I think separates you two uh, is that many of the endurance friends of mine, people I've met, spoken with, interviewed, you know, listen, let's be honest. A lot of them have a, a rage, right? There is there is an anger that fuels it. And a lot of that gets you through, as you and I know. And I, I was there as a, you know, when I was younger, not to the degree I would say many of, you know, my friends were. But, you know, that that gets you through. I don't get that from you, you know, and, and maybe you're just hiding it really well, but you seem really happy. A lot of these guys are not people you necessarily want to, you know, have a beer with. And I've always said that about you. The first time we spoke, I said, you know, Dean is a different guy from many of the ultra guys I've met. You actually would sit and want to have a beer with him. Not, you know, to put down other, you know, ultra people, but a different breed and maybe fueled by a different fuel. Um, do you find that with you or are you just hiding some anger? <laughs> that, that is, I don't hear it. And, and you are so humble. It's, it's rare. You know, maybe it's, it's self-directed thoughts in that I, um, I just thought coming from a place of love is going to get you further than coming from a place of anger and competition and hostility. Right. Um, you know, let's face it, comparing yourself to others is, is a recipe for unhappiness. So I, I figured that out. I've just said, you know, uh, if someone that you compete with gets rec- you know, recognized and they get recognition, celebrate that. Be happy for them. You know, don't be jealous. And that really requires, it, it requires some disciplined thinking, but it gets you further. Um, you know, forget, like learn to forgive. <laughs> right. That's a really hard quality to actually do. But if you can actually forgive people and if you can learn just to compete with yourself, that ultimately, you know, the only one you have to answer to is the person you see in the mirror every morning. That is, that is it. So if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm happy with who I am, then what more is there? <laughs> right. Right. And I love that because it's not a zero sum game, as you're saying. Right. And so many people approach it that way. If this guy's successful, then he's taking away from me. And listen, I remember when you first started really hitting it, hearing, you know, and I'm sure you did. I'm sure you got the emails and, you know, people were jealous because, holy cow, you're not supposed to make money, you know, and not supposed to have the notoriety and fame that you uh, achieved and, and continue to enjoy. But as you said, it's 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 not about them. And that that takes a lot of miles, though, Dean. I think that takes a lot of suffering. And let's talk about about suffering because you've talked about, you know, human nature is such that we're, we're supposed to avoid pain and seek pleasure. And your sport is one and mine that I enjoy as well. We do the opposite. There is such, uh, such power and such peace in the suffering. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my quote is <laughs> there's magic in misery. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, any, yeah, anyone who's been there can relate to it. I mean, I think we're never more alive than when we're at those apex moments where we're questioning, can we keep going? And, you know, I say to people, run a marathon. And some people who are not runners look at me and they're like, you're crazy. Like the other guy runs, you know, the, my office mate or some guy's uncle, you know, ran the Boston Marathon. And I say to them, no, you run a marathon. <laughs> it will change you. Right. You'll get to that moment, you know, that come to Jesus moment where it will change you. And you'll reflect and you'll learn a lot about yourself and you'll feel more alive than ever. And as much pain as you're going to be in, you'll never feel more alive. <laughs> and right. it's a strange dichotomy, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I think that's why we <laughs> keep racing, right? We go, what is it? And why is it so cathartic? 
And one of my, you know, pseudo psychological, you know, psychological rather um, analysis of it is there's something when we choose it. Right, Dean? It's like we chose this. You get out there, and you go, you know, so often in life, everything's out of our control. So you have the boss you hate or, you know, the relationship you don't want to be in, whatever it may be. And you go, this is suffering that I don't have as much control over as I want. When you go out there and you go, oh, I'm going to do this endurance race, there's something really powerful about saying this was my choice, <laughs> right? And I'm not sure why it's so nice, but it is. Yeah, it's, I guess that's a two-edged sword. Sometimes you're thinking, you know, Jesus, I paid for this. <laughs> right. I actually voluntarily signed up and paid for this. Yeah. I'm in so much misery. Yeah, but no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I think, you know, the high achievement in um, endurance sports is it's like it becomes paramount in people's lives. I mean, I know people that are, to your point, are so successful and like CEOs of big companies, you walk in their office and what's most prominently displayed is their Ironman right. medal. Right. Like that makes them most proud is, is, you know, doing this incredibly difficult endurance event. Right. Because, you know, having trained many of those guys, you know, they all have the cars, they all get the houses, they all achieve that level of, of monetary success for the most part. Then it becomes, what have you done? And I used to, that's how I, you know, finished my career as a coach and trainer was helping those people who thought they could and, and, you know, did achieve those, you know, experiences. Cause that's, I'm sure what you're about. That's what I'm about. We both travel the world. I am so fortunate, feel so fortunate to have had those experiences. And that's what I'm doing with my kids. And you take your whole family, right? They're, they're your crew. And, and what's better than that, right? It's about experiences, not material things at the end of the day. Uh, I can agree more. I mean, my kids have been to, you know, South America, Australia, uh, Canada, many times, Europe, many times. Uh, we've had some wonderful experiences. And hope, <laughs> you know, as, as we're talking right now, I'm thinking, when is the next time, you know, we can get over <laughs> to these places that know, we, you sad. and I love so much. I mean, yeah. that, that's one thing that is really, um, you know, the door has been shut solid with me. And I'm sure you as well. It's just, you're, you're not flying around the globe anymore these days. No. And I, I don't want to forget what you just said. Uh, I interviewed Bass Rutan. I don't know, I'm sure if you know he, who he is, a uh, former MMA mm, guy. Sure. Amazing, right? And gosh, he's such a great guy. And we were talking about, uh, he was saying how he had some of his fighters and he said, you know, if I took you in a room and you fought someone and you lost, would it matter if no one knew? And so what he was getting to was that back what you were talking about earlier, that it should only matter to you. And I remember when I first started racing and, and started doing pretty well, and then the internet hit, Dean. <laughs> so my first Ironman, actually a similar, that's similar, but was at age 30 on my birthday, I said, there's an Ironman in New Zealand. I didn't own a bike. I couldn't swim a lap, but I said, I'm going to do that. And it was amazing. It changed my life. Uh, but there was really no internet. So I didn't have to worry about people checking my times, <laughs> right? So when you first started, you must have had pressure as you were, these books were coming out and you were doing better. Was there a shift from where you said, you know what, I got to kind of do well to where you said, you know, I really don't care. There absolutely was. And it, it was a point where, um, you know, people said, oh, he's not that good. And I'd win races. Well, he you know, got lucky. And then there's a race called the Badwater Ultra Marathon, sure. which is called the world's toughest foot race. And, and I won the world, you know, I won the Badwater. And I'm like, okay, what else do I have to prove? I just won the world's toughest foot race. <laughs> right. You know, and then people say, oh, he's done nothing. He's never won a race. And I'm like, hold it. I, two weeks ago, I, ran, I won Badwater and you're on the internet saying I've never won a race. Like, you don't even know who I am. <laughs> right. You're criticizing me and you, don't, you know nothing about me. Right. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? You, you, you can spend a lot of time reading negative comments about yourself and it's going to get you nowhere. So again, it just got back to the, you know, to the, 
to the, the analogy is, can you look yourself in the mirror and say, God, you know, I'm, I'm happy and I'm proud of who I am. And was that freeing for you? I remember, you know, I always put it as, you know, you're doing the Ironman for me and I'm on the, you know, I'm not hitting my times and I'm on the marathon and I'm literally writing that email. I'm writing, I was never a fan of the race reports personally, but you know, the email to friends, you know, what went wrong, right? And during the race, and then, you know, you get to that cathartic moment where, as you said, I don't care. This is about, it's ruining my experience. You know, I'm halfway around the world. I'm doing this incredible event. Who cares what my time is? Um, was that cathartic for you after you won that race and you said, you know what, now it's truly, I'm just going to enjoy it in a way that I haven't before. It, it was, absolutely. And you're absolutely, you're so right. I mean, I, you know, I can remember writing about a disappointing 100-mile race. You know, I was, I was hoping to crack 20 hours and I was like 21 hours. And I'm thinking how, you know, apologizing to people and how I just right. fucked up and I wasn't <laughs> good at it. I'm like, hold it, you just ran 100 miles. Like, anyone... <laughs> From a sane, you know, perspective, reading that would be how how can you be upset that you just ran a hundred miles, <laughs> let alone in twenty one hours? Like you ran through the mountains a hundred miles without stopping, and you're you're writing a, you know, a, a, a obituary to your friends like why you just died out there. <laughs> <laughs> and the five percent dean who understand what twenty one versus twenty hours means, they're the ones who are angry anyway. <laughs> exactly. They're the ones who are going to put you down regardless, right? So you yeah. can't win. Oh my gosh, I love it. So question for you: You're obviously we're both, not just you, you know, we're getting older. What do you do to stay healthy? What's the cross training routine? I'm sure people want to know. Well, it's, it's nonstop. It's, you know, training is life and life is training. I mean, from the moment I get up, I'm constantly doing something that's involving physical activity. Right. I mean, even right now, uh, I'm standing up. I hope you're standing up. (laughs) I am too, a standing desk. Exactly. Walking back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Walking back and forth. And before we got on, I've got this uh, hit training routine that's about 12 minutes. It's just body weight. Yep. So it's push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, uh, chair dips, and burpees. Nice. So exactly. I cycle through those throughout the course of the day. I'll probably do four or five sets of those every day. And it's just, it's quick. And it just, you know, gets your metabolism revved up. And, and then I'm, obviously I'm still running as much as ever, more than ever now, actually, because I can't travel. So, you know, I'm, I'm, everything I'm doing is about fitness. And I'm also doing a lot of cross-training. Um, with the elliptigo. There's a, there's a stand-up bike that I just love. And it's, it's basically like an elliptigo machine in the gym, but yes. it's on wheels. So yes. I can be outside. Yeah. I love it too. I have, I have two. <laughs> it's, super, it's super geeky. You know, it looks like a big praying mantis, my kids always say. But I, just, I love the thing. I mean, it's such a great workout. And, you know, you don't get saddle. I used to cycle a lot. And, you know, you don't get saddle sores. You're not hunched over in that biking position. There's a lot to be said about the elliptigo. And I, I just love the thing. And they came out with a, uh, a mountain bike version. So I I've also that. been hitting the trail. Yeah, yeah that, that thing so is cool. Sweet. Yeah, with shocks and yeah. Yeah, funny story with that. So years ago, we became friends with a couple of the owners and they said, hey, you want to try out this new thing? I said, of course. And so they gave it to me and I never, I didn't get on it. And then they said, hey, Tom, we're going to do the uh, Manhattan to Montauk ride, 150 miles. And they said, do you want to do it with us? And I said, sure. And it was like two weeks away. And I said, I better get on this thing because I got to do 150 miles. And I had done it on a bike, you know, it was farther than an iron. But I had done it once or twice on a bike before. And it was challenging, but it's flat. It's, it's not, it's just a long day. But I thought, this is different. Like, I have no idea what I'm getting into with this thing. So I took it out for like an hour. Uh, to your point, so one hour, one time, then I got on it, Manhattan to Montauk. I think it took like 10, 11 hours. I got up the next day. I felt, I, it, I didn't feel like I had done anything. And that's insane. Even with the bike and it was flat, 
it truly is such a low impact to no impact form of exercise. And it was invented for that reason, right? Uh, by guys who couldn't run the way they wanted to. And what were they going to do? Right. And this was the solution. Yeah. Well, and, but, but it's a damn good, well, it's a good workout as well. I mean, um, you know, that's what I love about it. It's, it's an efficient workout and you, you know, you get your heart rate up. It's not as easy as cycling because you're not as aerodynamic because you're standing upright. <laughs> right. So, you know, in fewer mi- you know, there's like fewer junk miles. Like you're always kind of working on the elliptical. But to your point, when you wake up the next morning, you know, your, your joints don't hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's yeah. a challenge. Yeah, don't, don't misunderstand those of you listening that it's, it's not a great workout because you're standing the whole time. So I keep finding myself trying to sit down and you're like, well, you don't have that option. So like the core workout and then going up hills, if you are on a hilly course, that is, is you know, challenging, especially I have the original one, Dean, as, along with, you know, a later model, but not the most recent. So I always pull out, I always say to people like, you know, get a bike that's, that's metal and weighs 50 pounds. So you get a great <laughs> workout in, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And use the other one in I, the race. <laughs> yeah, I have one of those models as well. And you're right. I mean, they've evolved a lot. That thing is, is, it's a, beast. is a piece of lead. It's a, it's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> and it is definitely a workout. Just to get that thing out of the garage is a workout. Exactly. And I love it. You just, you just have to love attention, right? Because cars slow down. You go to Starbucks, you get 10 people around you. Uh, it's super fun, though. I, it's so polarizing. Like, I mean, half the people are like, what the hell is that? And right. the other half are like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right, right. Uh, and it, 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 everyone's got an opinion about it. Like, no one just, and heads turn like crazy. Right. And at first, yeah, because they kind of look at you like, oh, it's a, no, something's different about that guy. <laughs> He's standing up. One thing I have to ask you too, and it's, it's one of these tough questions, but, you know, you have run 350 miles. You've done all these things. So when you read books like, you know, Timothy Noakes, Lore of Running, His Central Governor Theory, and then you've got, I love uh, Alex Hutchinson and the book Endure, um, you know, and the question is, and who better to answer it than you, what do you truly believe? Is it, is it the body? Is it the brain? Is it a combination of two that slows us down? What has been your experience? I bind all of the above. I mean, I really believe the central governor theory. Right. Um, but that said, I've had my body in places where I don't care how strong my mind was. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not moving. Right. Like, you know, I'm, I've, I've passed out running. Like, I just could not get any more output, no matter how much, you know, Jedi mind games I play. Right. So I think it's, and, and when does it all to come together magically? I, I'll tell you what, I cannot figure out the formula. You know, I've, I've rested and recovered for long periods before race and had good races and had bad races. You know, I've raced back to back and had good races and had bad races. I, just, I don't know what it is that alchemy that comes together to create a really great race. But, you know, I, I think they, they're, you know, they're absolutely nailing the factors that are at play. How to get the, you know, the, the stars aligned is a different question. Yeah. And that's, that's, there's the art, right, Dean? There's the, if, if it were that simple, everyone would follow that formula. And, and that's why it's always driven me nuts. And that's exactly what this show is about, right? Is we can look at the science, we can look at the data, we can look at the anecdotal, but at the end of the day, we're all N equals one. And the story I tell quickly is uh, I did an Ironman in, where was it? Uh, it doesn't matter, Kentucky, I think. Two weeks later, there was a local marathon, small. And I said, you know what? Let me ride this fitness. People said, you're crazy. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I was younger, whatever. And I ran the fastest marathon ever. Actually, won. It was a tiny marathon. I ran a 254. For me, you know, I'm bigger, and it was ridiculous. But 
I got up that morning. I didn't want to run at all. I didn't feel great. The gun went off and things happened. And that's what we have to kind of get across to people is no matter how you feel, you know, my best races, and I'm sure many of yours were as well, were the ones I felt the worst at the start. But that gun goes off and something happens. Yeah. And I mean, I've had races too where, you know, I'll never forget the Angeles Crest 100, um, you know, 25 miles into it, I cramped. I mean, I, was, I could not move. My legs were just locked in cramps. And I thought, you're done. This, this is an instant DNF. I didn't do anything. I didn't have salt. I didn't do anything. I just stood up and kind of started walking. And I finished third place overall. <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, what, what yes. happened there? I have no idea. <laughs> so but talk about that right. mindset, I mean, though, Dean. So when you got up, yeah. what, was the, what was the mindset? It was just get to the tree. There's, there was a tree 10 feet up the way. Just walk to the tree. I was like Frankenstein. Both my <laughs> legs were locked, rigid. And I got to the tree. And I'm like, okay, get to the rock. All right, get to the bend in the, in the trail. And, and, you know, eat crow. I mean, I sat there and had people passing me. I was, I was obviously, it was probably 25-minute miles I was doing walking. Sure. And it just loosened up. And I started running slowly. And, it, and then I started feeling good. I have no idea essentially right. what happened. Yeah. I, I, you know, and that's what I want people to understand. Now, I know so many people listen to this conversation, Dean, and they say, well, we're not going to run 100 miles. We're not going to do anything close to that. And that's not the point. The point is, no matter where you are and how you feel in the moment, this is the greatest gift that I was given, Dean, from these races. And I'm sure you experienced it as well as no matter how bad you feel at the moment, as you just described, it can and will get better. And all the cliches hold true, right? Just people don't believe them. I would say all the, in, the um, answers to life, Dean, are on Instagram, right? It's just people don't apply them. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> all it's those there. sayings of people, you know, it's just they don't truly believe it because they haven't suffered. They haven't seen and built that self-efficacy, right? And I think so much of it is failure, the fear of failure. And when we have that mindset that you and I just talked about where it doesn't matter, who cares what anyone else thinks, then you're open to do whatever you want. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I, I just tell people experiment. I mean, just, you know, have fun with it if you can. You know, sign up for a 50 mile race and just lay yourself out and enjoy the experience. Right. And you know what? See, <laughs> I, have you gotten to this point too? Now, this is going to sound weird. And I've done enough races in my, you know, uh, kind of wheelhouse that I got to the point where I don't want to get hurt. So I never trained as much as everyone else and, you know, didn't go as far, even close to as far as as frequent as you did. But with Ironman, I go, okay, kind of achieved, as you said, did the Hawaii Ironman a couple of times, wanted to break 10 hours, did that. So I, I trained less and less and less. And I think part of it was, hey, it's a great excuse, <laughs> right? I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not going to go fast because I didn't put in the work. But then I also feel like I wanted to make it harder because I knew I could do it, Dean. And your Bear Mountain 50K, I signed up for that. Wasn't running it at all, really, a little bit, but not the miles I should have. The night before that race, I went on the website. And this was, what, last May, I think? And it said it was full. <laughs> I said, I don't take that. I don't believe it. So I went on. I said, let me see if it'll still take my application. Sure enough, the night before I took it and I showed up and I suffered my butt off, but it was amazing. And it's just, just getting out there and doing it, enjoying it. And I thought, you know, as it took me forever, you ran that one as well, right? Did you set us off and then go? Yeah, no, I, I mean, that, that whole event was my you know, my baby. Yeah, I, you know yeah, what? I started, I you're, you're a yeah. sick, sick person. That was one of the worst. I haven't done a lot of that stuff. That was just straight up and down. That was horrific. <laughs> but I loved it. That, that, no, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm shaking my head in agree. I'm not in agreement with you. That is a tough race, and it's 
you were talking about you didn't want to get injured. I'm like, that is just the, <laughs> not the race you want to do if you're, if you're trying to no, not get injured. You put us down like I mean, what? the roots, the rocks. Oh. Yeah. And you know what's so humbling, yeah. though, and I loved it is I'm getting passed by, what, 50 milers at mile 24 or whatever. And it's just, you know, you go, this is how fortunate I am. And that's where we'll kind of pull this all together, Dean, is I always feel when I'm feeling bad, I remember being in Ironmans and seeing someone in a wheelchair on the sidelines or whatever. And you go, no matter how bad you feel at that moment, how fortunate we are to be doing it. Right. And especially making our careers from doing it. You can't we can't complain. No, it's it's we're, we're privileged in that regard. Uh, although we've worked to get what we have, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, it, it it's the best feeling in the world to be out there suffering with with someone else. I mean, shared suffering brings people together, and I think you just you hit it you know on the head when you said you know you see someone in a wheelchair. You know, there's a saying that you know I, I used to feel sorry I had no shoes until I met a man that had no feet. Right. So it's just those kind of poignant moments. Uh, they're beautiful. Right. Yeah. Right. We're all suffering and we're all in that same race. And, and that's why I would say when I used to coach charity before the race, you know, it's not a matter of if something's going to go wrong, but what and how you deal with it. Right. I love the line by Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan, right? Until you get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was one of my last pep talks, I think, Dean, to, to the charity I coached. And they were probably happy it's before Iron Man, like, yeah. it. I said, who's the first, you know, who's first timers? About 50 of them. I said, who has a plan? All of them. I said, well, that's real good. You know, what does Mike Tyson say? I said, they're all going to get punched in the face. <laughs> some will be harder than others. Some are going to get punched three times, but you just get up. And again, these are the cliches, things we read about, but you're a living proof of that. So, you know, you, you talked about in one of the interviews recently, you know, your chicken soup for the soul and a story about, you know, just how powerful exercise is for the mind, for depression. We always think of it, or most people think of it from the neck down. And you were talking about a soldier and PTSD. And I think in the times we are in now, we control what we can. And part of the insanity and the control we can have is through exercise, right? And just explain to people how powerful that is and how they can do it whenever they want to feel better. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's run, I mean, you know, you come home with the weight of the world on your shoulders with so many problems and you go out the door and you run for an hour and you come back and all of a sudden <laughs> they're not there or they're, they're put in perspective. And they're certainly not nearly as captive over you as they were when you left. So exercise has the power to rejuvenate. Uh, it brings, you know, a, a renewal. It's a renewal of your soul and your spirit. And I think more people are experiencing that because of the lockdown right now. Ironically, right. you know, the, ra- the whole racing scene is non-existent right now, but more people are running than ever. And I think people are, are discovering that, that magic in running. And I hope this trend continues because I think, again, it's good for everyone. It's good for the air we breathe. Um, It's good for humanity. And people are discovering what we've known for years. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I, I hope it's a trend that continues for many years to come. I agree. I agree 100%. I just look, Dean, as I'm going out for my bike rides or runs, and it looks like a really badly designed triathlon. There are people on the wrong side of the road. I don't know how it is where you are. And I love it. But there are so many people, you know, walking, biking, strollers. Uh, And at the end of the day, though, it just makes me happy, as you said, because we want people to find what we have and the enjoyment and how it's free. It's free. You just got to get out there and do it. What is next? You said the movie. Uh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to see that. And you sure you can't tell us who the actor is? <laughs> <laughs> right now? I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Yeah. When they came to me, when the producer came to me and said, we want to buy rights to your book. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I said, the one thing I need written in this contract is anyone attached to it has to, has to have run a marathon. 
like I don't I you're not going to be able to like it'd be so easy for Hollywood to do a you know a cheesy running movie right sure I'm a surfer as well I mean you look at surfing movies that Hollywood's done you're like oh you roll your eyes right Right. and I just said only uh, only when someone who's actually run a legitimate marathon is going to be able to capture um, what we do and and convey it properly so everyone that's involved is full-on runners and and they're big time personalities as well so it's going to delight anyone in the <laughs> so this helps me whittle it down now i just got to figure out the actor that looks like you that's run a marathon <laughs> that fits the age that's all well congratulations i have you know uh read everything you've done and you know looked up to you and uh just feel so fortunate to be able to have this conversation with you and bring you know more people your story is there another book in the works or anything like that or what's a race i think you've done it all yeah, no, I mean, I have another book that should be out. Um, oh, that's what you're well, saying. it was supposed to be, yeah. gotcha. it was supposed to be out later this summer, but yeah. I think it's going to be um, now spring of next year just because uh, all the bookstores are closed. So another book, and awesome. it's, it's, kind of, it, it's a memoir. I mean, I'm a memoirist, so it's kind of, sure. uh, it's about, you know, my first book was a coming-of-age book. It's kind of learning this whole secret world of, of ultra-endurance. And this, my most recent book is, you know, how do you stay the course? How do you stay true? to, you know, what you love as you get older right. and you start, you know, talk, facing some of the things you talked about, you know, right. uh, you have to work harder to keep your same, you know, level of fitness. Right. And, and, you know, things start happening in your body that never used to happen when you're younger. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, how, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you persevere in a sport that's all about perseverance? Right. And you're living proof of it. And that's, you know, should be so inspiring to so many people. And, you know, I'm sure <laughs> when you get older, Dean, you're going to have bad knees, right? <laughs> the, old, <laughs> the old cocktail party thing. At what age will you, you get credit for it, right? Is it 60, 70, 80, where they go, oh, maybe it was right. Maybe, maybe it's not bad for your knees. <laughs> you know, I, you know I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll end with a, just a crazy story. But my, my mom is from this island called Ikaria, which is in Greece. And I don't know if you've heard of the Blue Zones. Absolutely. So the, the yeah, so Ikadia, this island in Greece, is one of the Blue Zones. Yes. So we were at this island last summer, and these people there. This has the highest concentration of centenarians of, on any place on Earth. So more people, people that live to be a hundred. And we were at this village up in the hills, and these people they look like mountain goats. But this woman comes walking back into the village, and she's so upset. She's hundred and four, <laughs> and she's an entrepreneur. She just started this new business. And, but she's really upset. And we were saying, you know, why are you so upset? She said, well, I walked three miles to the bank and then I walked three miles back. And I'm like, well, that seems like a pretty good hike to me. Why are you so upset? She said, well, I wanted to borrow some money for my business. And the bank has a policy. They don't lend money to anyone over 103. Stop. (laughs) She was 104. She's like, I couldn't get my loan. Damn it. Oh my gosh, I love that story. And I didn't make the connection. I love the Blue Zones. And again, for people who don't know, that's it's one of the greatest books and series of books to read. And, you know, they drink wine. <laughs> and what I love in that book too, Dean, yeah. is how often they go to find the person that they're looking for. And they'll say, oh, you know, I came to this farm and I found someone who looked to be about 70, 75 years old and they turned out to be 104, right? But they, they just yeah, look, exactly. oh my God, I love that. I love that. All right, you have yeah, to come so, I mean, back. So to, yeah. to, to your question, I mean, that's a circuitous answer you your question, yeah. when do I be able to play the, the age card? 
<laughs> I, still, yeah. I, got, I still got 30 or 40 more years on that one. Yeah, now I'm really annoyed now that I know yet. you have those genetics. I mean, I knew you had the Greek <laughs> genetics, but I didn't know you had that specific. <laughs> the island, you literally live to be 110. That's awesome. And I encourage everyone, actually, I'm glad you brought it up. Read that book, The Blue Zones. It's yet another thing to, you know, you read Dean's book, Ultramarathon Man and all the other ones, and you start to make the connections. You go, okay, this inspires me. And the, these people, the way they live, that's the greatest research, right, is, is the six different, five or six different places in the world where they live so long and there are things they share in common, right? That's awesome. Dean, I couldn't be more uh, just fortunate to speak with you again. Thank you so much for taking the time. And when are we going to do another horrible Bear Mountain 50 or something like that in the future, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we'll see. I mean, hopefully running uh, you know, events will come back online next year. And yeah. we got many, many torture, torturous adventures still for you to go, Tom. Awesome. I, I promise you that. <laughs> I, won't let you, I won't let you stand there. Yeah. <laughs> now that I know you designed it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek out your events because <laughs> they are truly cathartic. I'll leave it at that. Dean, thank you so much. Uh, good luck with the movie and the book and look forward to hopefully having you back when you come out with both of those and, and we'll talk again. Run on. All right. Thank you so much. We will be right back. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
take good care and we'll see you there. I started the show by saying I have the greatest job in the world and I will finish the show by saying I have the greatest job in the world. And yes, I am standing. And yes, I am actually sweating. <laughs> I love that that he brought that up, that he's walking around. I'm walking around. If you want to learn what NEAT is, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, listen to my podcast on that, by the way. It goes to what we're talking about, standing, working movement into your entire day. But how great was that interview? How great is Dean Carnassi's? He is so unbelievable, so humble, has put his body and mind through the unspeakable, through the unspeakable. And I get so motivated and inspired by, by connecting with people like him. And that's why I feel so fortunate to have this job that, as he said, we, we both worked really hard to get here. Don't, you know, misunderstand. It takes a lot to give up what he gave up. And, and to start at the bottom and to literally put his body through uh, torture to do what he loves. But neither him nor I would change a moment of it. And I love bringing guys like him and women like him to you. People who just say, you can do whatever you want to do. You can make your passion your vocation. You can make an incredible living off running. But you got to work hard. You got to believe in yourself. And you have to be passionate about it. Let me go through his books. Because if you are inspired, if you need to be inspired, these are for you. And we're just going to start at the beginning. So we talked about Ultramarathon Man, Confessions of an All-Night Runner. He will get you in the first couple pages. Ultramarathon Man, Confessions of an All-Night Runner. Then he has a book called Run, 26.2 Stories of Blisters and Bliss. What a great title. Then that 50 uh, marathons in 50 states in 50 days, that book is called 50 by 50 Secrets I Learned Running 50 Marathons in 50 Days and How You Too Can Achieve Super Endurance. And then a really interesting one, the last one I read too, and I believe it's the last one he wrote personally, The Road to Sparta, Reliving the Ancient Battle and Epic Run that Inspired the World's Greatest Foot Race. And again, then he's contributed to different, two different um, Chicken Soups for the Soul books. And we just learned this movie coming out about Ultra Marathon Man. Couldn't be more excited for that and for him. And I just really encourage you to take to heart what you can do and to listen to his story, to read his books. And by the way, go through his website is ultramarathonman.com. Books are there, his events are there, and a lot more media for him as well. But this show is not just about busting the myths and giving you the exercise science. We need that. But if you don't have hope, if you don't believe in yourself, the motto of my life, the three words I live by, then all else is lost. And he is not special. He has done special things. And you can too. We are all ordinary people with the ability to do extraordinary things. That comes down to mindset. And that comes down to being open to not being perfect, to having those moments when you don't think you can get through it because you can. Because you can. 
no matter how bad you feel, I love the story he told, and I've had so many experiences like that throughout my racing career, when the body gives up, and you say, and you, you mentally you give up, or you can give up, and what you learn when you do it enough is that the body comes back. You just have to be in the moment, and you keep moving forward, because every step forward is a step towards the finish line. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Dean for taking the time. I'm inspired. I'm getting ready to go for a run right now myself. And again, I say it at the end of every show for a reason. We control three things. How much we move. And the more you move, the better you're going to feel. What we put into our mouths. The more you eat healthy foods, the better you're going to feel. Physically and mentally. And finally, our attitudes. And it's all connected. The more you move, the better you eat, the better you're going to feel mentally. It's all connected. And we control all three things. Thank you for listening. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.